I've created a model where we work with developers and landlords to make remarkable spaces on the ground floors of properties where they can't get a big rent. Hey, what's up? Now, before I start, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast because there's so much valuable content in these episodes that you can implement. Okay, so in this episode, I'm talking about holistic regeneration and the massive potential for mutually beneficial and sustainable joint venture partnerships between property developers, landlords and councils with creative thinkers, artists and what I call entrepreneurs because they're people that use their art and creativity to solve real world problems rather than just creating the art. So the advantage for developers is that they get access to some amazing experiential off-the-radar ideas for repurposing commercial property on the ground floor as well as the upper floors. And the advantage for the creative is they get the opportunity to use their creative flair to solve some real-world problems. Maybe they'll obtain their own makerspace if they desire for free or for very low cost or get paid for finding and animating remarkable spaces. So the circular economy underpins all that we do and we're focusing on three of the UN's sustainable development goals. And they are goal nine, which is industry, innovation and infrastructure. Goal 11, sustainable cities and communities. And goal 12 is responsible consumption and production. So who needs another coffee shop, gym or restaurant on their high street? So if you think your town does, then there's a huge opportunity for you to lead on and do a commercial Tavesi development, and you can lead that regeneration. Now, if your high street doesn't need any, or there isn't the footfall to attract a brand, then what? Don't invest? Leave the ground floor empty, praying for a brand? Now, if you're planning on doing this, you're making a huge mistake and missing some amazing advantages that you can do with creating new spaces. So you do need to have, this is for developers, I'd recommend that you have a creative as part of your power team these days because you have to diversify and think out of the box. And creatives can unearth the diamonds that you can't see. So any creative practitioners that are listening, please hang in there because I'm coming to you and I'm sharing, I'll be sharing how you can add value to this space. So I often hear people who look at their deserted high street every week and say, we need a wagamama, a tiger tiger, something like that. Now, unfortunately, that's not going to happen. It's because the build it and they will come approach doesn't work anymore. Businesses need flow. They need flow of people and they need footfall. So if a town has low footfall, it's not going to happen. If you imagine digging a hole next to a river, you'll get some of that flow as the river spills over. But if you dig a hole in the desert with little or no flow, you'll get a hole. That's it. And you've wasted a load of time, energy and money. Now, a lot of high streets are like deserts at the moment. So developers, let's look at a different approach so you're not leaving deals on the table and you're the catalyst for the revival of an area through holistic regeneration. And you're able to take advantage of the properties other developers might reject because they're still in the search for the one big brand. So that's an industrial approach. We know the industrial revolution has passed. We're in the customization revolution. So this is an era where the customer and niche wins every time. For example, a coffee shop isn't exclusive anymore. 
a coffee shop that screens world cinema and has a vinyl listening night, or one that has a membership scheme for mothers, fathers, families, toddlers, and has an area with a nursery worker so parents can relax rather than feel like they're taking up space and obliged to move on. Now that's niche. So we have to stay one step ahead and provide a remarkable experience. Now when I say remarkable, the experience is so special that customers talk about it and share on their socials. Your customers are your best advocates and the marketing team. So the experience in a cafe's case has to be beyond the taste of the coffee, food and decor. Now customers are demanding more all the time and it's up to developers, it's up to business owners to not get lazy and be creative but to listen and create and implement sometimes they might need a creative brain on that so as warren buffett says do the opposite of what the majority are doing yes this takes time and patience but above all creativity and due diligence right now i'm seeing developers following the crowd because they're not thinking creatively beyond what brand is missing from this high street that's part of the problem. Brands have made the high street a vanilla experience. There's nothing unique about anyone's high street anymore. And that's what's killed it because nobody's seeing any difference or anything that's unique in the high street. There's the risk of digging a hole in the desert again. So if some of the brands are withdrawing or going bust, what's the option? Please, no more charity shops. I mean, I've got nothing against charity shops and giving and helping, but what does it do for the area? Unless you're making an upcycling circular economy focus in a town, which is actually not such a bad idea. If that's the vision and you imagine upcycle clothes, furniture, reuse, repurpose, a kind of shabby chic street, there's another idea for you. So if you're a developer who needs help seeing beyond just filling the commercial space with someone who can pay a high rent, then stay with me. If there's nothing in your high street that is different to any other, then there's a danger. We've got to focus on experiences and services that can't be purchased online and allowing smaller businesses to share space with flexible leases. Smaller live workspaces on the ground floors or using permitted development to create residential unit or maybe not an FIR lease for the first six months. Some businesses are a little bit nervous, so allow them to find their feet and help them with what they need to do. If we cookie cut and open more gyms, cafes, and eateries, we'll eventually reach oversupply and saturation. So these spaces might go the same way as the pub or the office. They're kind of dying. Creatives, I'm just laying the foundation here so you can see the problem because problem solving is a creative process, right? So in my mind, it's creatives and entrepreneurial thinking that's gonna solve these type of problems. So I know a lot of people think landlords, investors and developers are only interested in money. They're ruthless and they're selfish. Now I can safely say there is a minority that are like that and they're the ones that you hear about in the news. We know the mindset of the British press as well. It sells negativity and malaise. So we try to avoid those developers. Now I've met and know plenty of property professionals who have a conscience that are helpful, insightful and actually give a damn. So it works both ways. I know a lot of property professionals have an opinion about creatives and artists thinking they are always struggling financially, don't like the idea of money or anyone who has it, and only interested in themselves are focused and eat lentils by the truckful. <laughs> Again, some do, but most I, I know don't or aren't that. I'm unique in the way I think about creativity and commercial property. So this model I'm talking about came out of necessity. 
So I spent 20 years running a successful touring dance theatre company. I'm a pioneer of an international theatre style called Hip Hop Theatre. Now, after 10 years of running the company, we became a revenue client of Arts Council England, receiving funding of six figures per year as a national portfolio organisation, and I became the artistic director. So during that time, I lived in Bristol, and I attended the Bristol Property Investors Network PIN meeting. And I started to learn about property because I knew that artists' good times don't last forever. So to cut a long story short, in 2010, the Department of Culture, Media and Sport, DCMS, announced that they're going to cut Arts Council's budget to by 29%. So in 2012, they had to get rid of some staff and companies they were funding. Now, we happen to be one of the 160 companies that got cut. So my family moved back to London, rented our house out in Bristol and pressed reset. Now, the rental income from my property gave me some flexibility for a while. I know I didn't want to continue being an artist, relying on handouts and other people's subjective views. So I vowed to only go back to creating work when I had control. And I fell out of love of making work that tours the UK because it was completely unsustainable. I knew I needed to control my distribution, so I started to adapt the method of property webinars and started to teach live online. I also had an app developer creating a crowdfunding platform for performing artists so that audiences could support their tours and classes, but that failed. But I learned a lot. Now, I needed physical space. I'd always wanted my own space, call it law of attraction, but I met the guys at Respace Projects, who were the winners of the 2019 Sustainable City Awards for Innovative Use of Space. Now, they were in the midst of a project called The Hive. It was a sustainable, community-driven space in an empty three-storey commercial to resi conversion in Haggerston in London. Now, I just moved to Southend-on-Sea, and as many smaller towns and cities, the high street was taking an absolute hammering, and it still is. It's probably even worse now. There was about 15 shops closing every day in the UK, and I approached the landlord of one of these shops, and I proposed I take it on to bring footfall using culture rather than retail now we've been in there two years and even if we had to move out there's so many empties out there that no one knows what to do with now with my knowledge of property and respaces support i knew there were advantages for the landlord and me then they were saving on business rates security and drawing attention to the space again and me I'd got a space that I could create in, as well as allow the arts community and the, and the general community to access because there were very few, and still is, independent art spaces in Southend. So I noticed there's so many abandoned commercial spaces out there with so many creatives and entrepreneurs looking for space. I mean, there's a golden opportunity here. I've created a model where we work with developers and landlords to make remarkable spaces on the ground floors of properties where they can't get a big brand. So we asked for a portion of the business rates to be invested back into the space so we can make it look amazing and lively. Now, if the landlord wants to keep the space flexible because they have ideas of what businesses they'd like to work there, then we can make it remarkable in the interim. We can test businesses by allowing pop-ups in the space. Now, we aim to work with the locals to understand the DNA of the community, and we can do this through creative public engagement, creative placemaking, going in blindly, will lose the community, especially if you're thinking of selling a coffee or bowls of cereals for £3.50 a pot. So here's a few ideas for the ground floor that I've heard of and also think would be really good ideas. So for example, dining and indoor crazy golf in the same restaurant. Yes, 
that does exist already. How about a vegan and vinyl listening, selling and exchange cafe? Or Thai food cooking parties where you and your friends collectively cook the meal you're going to eat. Those sort of things exist already. So you learn about the cooking as well as the eating experience. Or you might choose to do what we've done and create a pop-up event space housing independent exhibitions, indie film nights, theatre productions, meetings. We even had a micro opera with chocolate tasting and Prosecco. It was amazing. We can have gigs. We've got fitness and dance classes. It's basically a micro venue. Now, the more people that move to town centres because of the wave of commercial to resi development, it's essential they have something to do. Shopping is dead, drinking's dying, clubbing's dying, people valuing their environment, compromised. So creating something that's known as the third space is something that we should be considering. Third spaces are places that don't rely on people spending a shed load of money when they walk in the door. They're spaces where people interact, play and create. Now, some investors say, well, how does that make money? And I say, it's not always about the money, as they should know. Because if an investor gives to charity, do they ask the same thing? Of course not. They know that their contribution is helping a bigger cause than making money. So this contribution is for a bigger cause. It's for the success of the area. And also the owner, the landlord, is saving money on the business rates. The space has to be multifunctional with multi-purpose streams of income with commercial activity supporting community engagement. Invest in building the community as well as building structures. There's increasing numbers of people at risk because of loneliness, mental health issues and less job opportunities because they're being automated. We have to invest in people too. I believe that creatives and entrepreneurs will create many solutions for the problems we have and the ones we'll encounter in the future because we think creatively out of the box. Councils and governments are not agile enough. There's too many policies, personalities, politics and positions for votes wound up in decision making. I mean, 10 meetings about putting extra planters and bins in the high street. Come on, please. Entrepreneurs have to lead the authorities because innovation is going to revive the high street, not commercial to rest of developments alone. I'm also seeing a lot of developments look great from the first floor up. They're still bodied up shops on the ground floor waiting for a leaseholder to come along. Now I know, let's put some property guardians in. Great. How does that improve the look of the space or the street? Residents have to suffer enough with eyesore buildings and then landlords add insult to injury by having people living there. Now, it saves the landlord a stack of money and the property getting broken into, but the guardians are often living in substandard accommodation and the property still looks a mess. With ReSpace, we make the space look amazing and draw attention to the space for all the right reasons. I'm suggesting that developers work with local creatives and give back to the community, especially if they're planning to take away an asset the community has loved and make some money from it. Do some good. People get emotionally attached to properties and places and spaces. They carry a lot of meaning. So we can help residents for a creative process to make the transition. If you don't, you're going to have some upset residents throwing daggers at the site, and that energy means it's probably going to fail or not be that successful. Unfounded though it is, property developers, councils, and landlords are not regarded in the highest light. Now the Cultural Assembly aimed to change that perception by creating projects with developers to benefit the community. There's so much opportunity to create experiences for the public. They're craving it because we are social animals. A developer might even sponsor an artist to raise both of their profiles because you know social media ads are less effective nowadays. 
So this is just a shout out to businesses and developers. An artist slash creative is going to help you and your business stand out with a mixture of online, offline events and campaigns. Artists and creatives will find many solutions if you give them the brief. It's got to be beneficial though for both of you and the biggest fear of a lot of artists is working with a company and selling out or what's seen as selling out. Now this is only going to happen if the joint venture is way too much in the commercial side of the brand's needs, just the brand's needs being met. The relationship has to fit and be mutually beneficial. Now we've set up a new arm of Respace called Respace Growth, where we aim to work with commercial developers that want to extend their range of uses for their commercial properties. We take care of the ground floor because we've been offered properties from councils and local authorities because they don't know what to do with them. And we can also claim back 35% of development costs, particularly for projects that are taking place in Essex. We've helped Reba, Savills Estates, Hackney, Peterborough and Neon councils. Now, unfortunately, a lot of councils and local authorities have done little since the Porter's report came out, encouraging them to diversify the high street. Now look at them. It's just like Western medicine. We have to wait until it gets worse and then we treat it. And prevention is always the most productive approach. It's a fact that whenever there's an upsurge in creative activity in the area by the community, this is always the precursor to regeneration. Now the cycle goes a little bit like this. After artists make it cool, wannabes, trustafarians and the middle classes move in, who are kind of working classes because they have to work to make a living, but then the artists and existing local residents have to move out because rents go up and the area becomes stale and unrecognisable. Now we call this gentrific cleansing rather than gentrification. This happens when the local community is forgotten. That's why our focus is on holistic regeneration because it works and it makes a better community focused approach that still gives the developer the returns they require. We can also present innovative uses for section 106 contributions. Who needs another boring fountain when you can have an interactive fountain where the spray and the color can be influenced by texting certain instructions from your phone? Who needs more boring street lighting? Why not find a light installation artist that serves the purpose of better lighting as well as making the area remarkable unlike any other? This is going to bring people just to see the actual street lights. So it's crucial today that developers and councils have local creatives in their power team and work with them to get the message out there rather than working with expensive agencies. Make them part of the power team because they'll see that the things that developers don't. Now there's this saying, it's something like this, you can't put lipstick on a pig and make it look beautiful. An artist can, and they can sell it for millions. If you can sell a pile of bricks for millions, you can sell a pig with lipstick on for millions. Just have that as an image. So some landlords and councils are strangely happy for properties to be empty. This kind of adds to the demise of the area. How do you expect the properties to be rented out if the area is tired? We don't need all the owners to be on board. We just need the ones that want to stay ahead and save themselves a ton of wasted resources, money and credibility. Then there's the landlord stuck in a rut. They can't sell and they can't rent their commercial property. They're hemorrhaging business rates for a building that's empty or waiting for planning permission. Now we can run projects for up to six weeks or three years. And I know there's hundreds of creatives out there that probably walk past an empty office, shop, warehouse, pub on a daily and think, 
I'd love to use that building. So creators, if you know an empty commercial space out there, get in touch because not only could you get a finder's fee if, you, if the deal stacks up, you could be the catalyst for a new creative and cultural quarter in your town with your own studio in it. We're able to hold your hand to help you get going. Then you become part of the Respace Projects Network so you can receive continued support. So developers and landlords and councils bring us your entities if you don't know what to do with them because we want to build bridges with creatives, communities and business so they can build a sustainable and bright future together that's a win-win for everyone in the town. So this is our drive to revive the high street to become a hive of activity, innovation and community where people work, play and create. We know that retail as we knew it is dead. The high street is in transformation. It's the rebirth. And we want to train the midwives to help bring that birth into fruition. So developers, add those creatives to your power teams. Get in touch with us because we love doing this. That's it for this podcast. And I hope it's been useful. On the next one, I'm going to be talking to, to architect Joanna Jagusiak from Respace Projects and let her explain how she created and the team 3.9 million worth of value to the local economy in Haggerston with the Hive project. That's where I met and started working with the Respace team. The Hive was a six-week project that turned into a three-year one with full support from the landlord and Hackney Council. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you can receive all these great ideas and concepts that you can do if you take action. I'll see you on the other side.